my future looks bright because not only am I helping people, but a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers, you are also helping people. And as we join hands and shine our light, the world gets better. That's the future that I see. This is The Entrepreneur Way with Neil Ball. Unlocking the secrets of successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at Neil D. Ball. Napoleon Hill said the power of the mastermind is the driving force. To discover how you can unlock the potential in your business using the power of a mastermind, go to mastermindunlimited.com. And now, here is your host, Neil Ball. Hello, it's Neil Ball here. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Entrepreneur Way. The Entrepreneur Way is about the entrepreneur's journey, the vision, the mindset, the commitment, the sacrifice, failures and successes. I am so excited to bring you our special guest today, Jeannie Cisco meth But before I introduce you to Jeannie, I have a quote for you by Kailash Kerr. Just like gold, which has to weather very high temperatures to achieve the sheen and shine it finally gets, so also every person has to go through struggles in his life to achieve success. The Entrepreneur Way asks the questions so we all get the insight, inspiration and ideas to apply in our businesses. Jeannie, welcome to the show. Are you ready to share your version of The Entrepreneur Way with us? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Let's rock this thing. Oh, wow. We want to rock this thing today. I'm really looking forward to it now, Jeannie. And thank you very much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. And you're very welcome. Thank you. Two-time best-selling author Jeannie Cisco meth shares her proven system for improving communication and decreasing conflict. She has written magazine articles been quoted in Forbes and contributed to The Blaze. She has been a guest on radio stations across the country and appeared on ABC4, Free Speech TV and others. Jeannie, can you provide us with some more insight into your business and personal life to allow us to get to know more about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Buckle up. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I've realized I'm 53 years old now, and I've realized that life happened for me, not to me. And But when I was younger, I was like, oh my gosh, why are all these horrible things happening? And now I realize that they were building my muscles for my future self. And I just, so if anybody out there is struggling in your business, I don't know, maybe you guys are rock stars and you're doing phenomenal, or maybe you're like me and you're struggling, or you go back and forth between the two, know that all you got to do is see the next step. 
And when I finally learned that, it helped me relax. I always wanted, I want the next 50 steps. I want a clear path. I want a straight road, no clouds, no fog. And life isn't that way. So that's, I think, one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And and I can go into growing up on the farm. I can go into the military. I can go into teaching. <laughs> so I do get paid to talk. So you tell me how much you want to know. <laughs> you know, that's like sort of, it's like watching one of those programs on TV, isn't it, where you leave people hanging. I mean, we're now wondering what's happened at the farm, in the military, and with teaching. And we could just leave it like that, and no one will ever know. Exactly. <laughs> just be like, what happened? What happened? Yeah. So, um, so I, I think you should maybe expand on that a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about those things now that you've dropped those on us. <laughs> All righty. So, um, I grew up on a dairy farm in mm-hmm. Morton, Washington, and absolutely loved the farm loved working with the animals they always accepted me no Mm -hmm. matter what and I had so many learning disabilities in school that my teachers told me I would never make it in elementary school they told me you're too dumb you're never going to make it and I'm like wait a minute I decide you don't decide but I had a lot of, of issues and I was bullied significantly at a young age even you know and and man it was tough it was hard but I could go out and I could spend time with my horse and my horse never ever judged me even if I didn't bring an apple for her she still loved me and you know my dog the same way followed me all over the farm and so learning that there is love there's always love the problem is is that not everybody looks for it in the right place they look for it in where they expect to find it, and it may not be there. So if you're feeling unloved or you're feeling unvalidated, my friend, look around. There's somebody waiting to validate you. There's somebody already validating you. You just haven't quite seen it because it's not coming from your parents or it's not coming from your spouse or whoever you're currently looking in. And and so that's a little bit about the farm. Then the military. Okay, I got to tell you a funny story about the military. Okay, we're ready. <laughs> so I'm kind of a, a happy person, you know. I just I just kind of enjoy life. Now I didn't always, mm-hmm. but at a young age, I watched the movie Pollyanna. And I made the decision that instead of having people feel sorry for me, I wanted people to look at me and go, wow, how did you do what you do? I I want what she has. And so I started making the decision every day to just enjoy it and do the absolute best that I could with that day. And so now here I am, you know, mid-20s in the military, Fort Dix, New Jersey, in formation, very first day. And I have a smile on my face because mm-hmm. <laughs> I love life, right? Mm-hmm. And Drill Sergeant Young comes down the side of the formation and across the front of the formation. Now, I'm six foot tall, so I'm right in the front. They made me platoon leader. Not because I had any skills, but because I was tall. Mm-hmm. So here I am right out in front all by myself, big old cheesy grin on my face. And he walks by and he walks by and he said, and he stops. He takes like a step or two past me. And then he, he backs up and he looks at me and he has this angry look on his face. And he says, Private Cisco, is that you smiling in my formation? And I was like, yes, drill sergeant. And he's like, get on down. And man, I did push-ups. And the next morning, I'm still smiling in his formation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so it kind of became this, this you know, issue. You know, I'd be doing push-ups every morning. He'd be yelling at me. And, and constantly throughout basic training, he was constantly saying, Cisco, you are the weirdest private I ever did meet. <laughs> and by the end, by the end of basic training, you know, and you get your picture taken and you put it up on the wall, everybody's got this serious look on their face, and Drill Sergeant Young is smiling. <laughs> so I infected him. <laughs> Wow. It's sort of bizarre that when you think about it. I mean, most companies try to create a culture where people smile and there you were and they were trying to stop me from smiling. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to look fierce. Mm-hmm. You got to look un- unbreakable and, mm-hmm. and hey, you know what? I changed the culture of my little unit. <laughs> <laughs> So and that's and, and so there's another lesson right there. I try to do that wherever I go. I want people to go, wow, I like me best when I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I go to the grocery store, I, I pick the line where the checker looks a little bit sad or a little bit down and and I like go through a line and I give her a big old smile and I'm like, Hey, how you doing today? Beautiful day. You know, and I just try to interact. In, interrupt her negative bad vibe day and add some good in there mm-hmm. and it's amazing how that works and a lot of times I don't know the effect I have and so I tell myself the story that we made a positive impact it went great and once in a while I get feedback that that's exactly what happened I had a friend of mine that used to drop his this is when film could be developed and he dropped his film off at this place called Inkley's and he'd been going there for like 20, 25 years, you know, once a week dropping off his film. Then I went in to pick it up for him one day and I pick up his film and I leave and the, and the next day he calls me and he's like, what'd you do at Inkley's? And I'm like, nothing. Oh. I just said, hi. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've been going in there 25 years. They never remember my name. You go in there once and they remember you. What the freak? <laughs> it wasn't it. You picked up my ink or my pictures. It wasn't even. He was like, he was like, and I'm like, you just got to be happy. You just got to share the love. <laughs> so, so once in a while, I get that recurp reconfirmation that what I'm doing is working and I'm so grateful because that helps me keep going forward. The other thing that I just recently learned is that it doesn't matter how dark the day or how dark the night, you know, when those negative people are knocking on your door or your social media or your email or whatever, and they're just, there's a lot of negativity and hurt right now. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is a little light to dispel that dark. And so I want to be the light and and I don't want to hide it under a bushel. I want to shine my light and let people know that, hey, there is a better way. God knows what is happening right now. He has a plan, you know, to bless us and enhance us. And this, yeah, we're in the middle of winter. We're in the middle of dark. We're in the middle of confusion and fear, you know, with this pandemic. And, and here in the States, all the racial stuff that's happening. And guess what? God knows what's happening and he also knows how to fix it. And maybe I'm a little part of that fix it. Maybe I'm the little light that needs to shine that that helps people, you know, make a difference. And and that's that's kind of my 
philosophy, my belief. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And that leads me beautifully into my next question is, which is, can you just talk about what you do in your business now to be able to do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. So my business is called Bullyproofing You, Mm -hmm. Taming the Bully Between Your Ears. We have a couple of different taglines. The biggest one is Taming the Bully Between Your Ears, and that's when I I work with adults. And the second tagline is Improving Confidence and Personal Value from the Inside Out. And that is what we started with when we were going to schools and youth programs all over the country. Um, But I I realized when we first started doing that within a couple years that everybody has a bully. And many times that bully lives in their own head and it stops us from doing what we know we need to do because it tells us we're too fat or too old or too skinny or too stupid, you know, whatever it is that your voice says to you. And we wind up hiding our light. We wind up, you know, covering who we are and trying to be someone else. And you're a horrible copy of someone else. Horrible copy. You just can't do it. But you can be the best original you ever. You were made for a specific purpose in this time and space. And so if you have a desire to share your message or you have a desire to write a book or you have a desire to start a business, that is your way of shining your light in this dark world. We need more lights right now. We need more people living their purpose and doing what they've been called to do. And so I help people tame that little voice in their head that says you can't do it and help them believe in themselves so that they can do it and they can take the next step and do what I believe they were created to do. Mm -hmm. And when you help the people to do these people to do that, is is that through some kind of coaching or, or how do you do that? Yeah, so we have we have quite a few different ways that we help people. Yeah. Um, I like to say I approach every price point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a podcast that's free. I have newsletters that are free, and they're just tips and tricks and stories that can help you see things a little bit differently and hopefully enlighten and encourage. And then I also do group mentoring as well as personal mentoring. I also have a best-selling book. I would love to invite your your listeners to go grab a copy. It's a whole home study course. Mm-hmm. And you can find that at bullyproofingyoubook.com. And I'll autograph their book, let them know you know, that they came through the entrepreneur way. I'll autograph that book and, and get it out to them as a special treat to your listeners. And, and um, we also have masterminds. I love teaching. That is absolutely my passion. And I'm good at it. And I get better at it every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you enjoy most about what you do, Jeannie? Teaching. Mm-hmm. Absolutely teaching. I love light bulb moments. Um, my largest audience was the Ralston Arena. I got to share this stage with Sarah Palin. Just an absolutely incredible event. And I loved I loved being on that huge stage. I also love that one-on-one connection when I'm working with a client. We work over Zoom and um, I have a client out of Togo, West Africa. Mm-hmm. And I was working with him the other day and he gets that light bulb moment. You know, you say something that helps him see something a little bit different or you can see the beliefs start to build. And man, I live for light bulb moments and they, they give me goosebumps. And man, if I, if I can get goosebumps, 
periodically throughout the day, I'm having a great day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what drives you to do what you do to get those bu- those goosebumps? Um, I I never ever want another person to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Never ever. Um, when I was a high school teacher, there was I I taught at an alternative high for 16 of my 17 years, and um, I developed this program that I now teach people and. We had a student who was not in my class, but he was in another class, and he committed suicide. And one of the teachers said to me, maybe if you had written the book, you could have reached him. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you had branched outside of your classroom, you could have helped. You could help more people. And that was a seed that was planted. And I was like, but I'm helping where I'm at. And the Lord, I, I totally believe in God, pokes those little inspirations that come that you know you should do, but you're afraid to do. And I, I kept having these God pokes to transition from the classroom to the stage. And and I finally did it. And the newsletters, you know, that I send out and the replies that I get back or the podcast or, you know, when I, I speak at an event or whatever, and the people that come up after and say, wow wow, you saved my life or you saved my daughter's life or thank you for believing in me. I, I can go do what I know I'm supposed to do. That is why I do what I do. I want, if I can just help one person, mm-hmm. one person, then um, that makes that makes it worth worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, I've been able to help thousands of people and I feel blessed. I feel absolutely blessed. So how does it make you feel when those people come up to you and say those sorts of things? Humble mm-hmm. and grateful. Um, I do not work alone. I absolutely pray before every single meeting. I prayed before our interview today. I pray before I make decisions. And I absolutely believe that God guides me. He directs me and he holds my hand. Because there are times when I'm in a mentoring session where I will say something and I'm like, wow, that's good. Write that down. (laughs) That's profound. (laughs) And I know it didn't come from me. It came through me. And, and I feel so blessed, so blessed. How do you relax when you're not working in your business? <laughs> okay, so if you were to ask my husband that, he would say she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's not work when you love what you do, right? Um, but I am really working on, on that, on taking time to be with family. And when I'm with family, only be with family. And I have um, an incredible view of the valley. I live in in Cedar Hills up on the hill. I have an incredible view of the valley. And our backyard has a pergola with grapevines. And, you know, it's it's my little sanctuary. And I still love nature. Going clear back to that little girl in me hanging out with, with the pets and nature, that's me. And so I'll go and I'll sit down under the pergola in the nice cool shade and I see the birds. I have a hummingbird feeder. Um, I have a hot tub. I like to get in the hot tub and just soak and relax and be grateful for where I'm at. Be, be grateful that I've, I am where I am. I, I love my house and if it were taken away tomorrow, it's okay. We'll find another one, you know, and, and it's, 
home is a mindset. It's not necessarily a place. And I love, I love just being in nature and laughing with my family. We have a fire pit. Love sitting around the fire pit, cooking some more, telling stories. You know, those those things absolutely refill my cup. And ah, love it. Love it. Home is a mindset. It's not necessarily a place. I've never heard that before. What a great thought. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any entrepreneurial role models? Oh my gosh, yeah, tons, mm-hmm. tons and tons. Um, I'm I'm currently working with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. Um, absolutely love them. Oh my gosh, incredible. So um, those are probably the biggest names that I've worked with. Jeff McGee is another one of my mentors. Absolutely love him. I've read Zig Ziglar books, um, you know, Dennis Waitley, um, um, you know, I love Napoleon Hill. So there's there's so many. And, and I love autobiographies or biographies, either one. Uh, Mar- um Nick Vujicic. Oh my gosh. No limits. What an absolutely incredible, incredible man. He was born with no arms, no legs, no arms and no legs. He just has a little flipper and he, he travels the world, inspiring people, lifting people up. And he talks about the dark days of when he was growing up and, and, you know, what he had to overcome. And whenever I start thinking, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, really? Nick did it and he doesn't even have any arms and legs. I'm like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's buckle down. Let's get this done. And so when I was, when I was a single parent and, um, life freaking sucked, it was rough. Oh my gosh. It was rough. I finished 67 credit hours at the university in three terms and full time is considered 12. And the least amount of credits I took that term was 24. I took 27 one term. I was a single parent and I worked full time. Mm-hmm. I think I got about two or three hours of sleep a night and it was tough. It was hard. And I also learned that I can do hard things. I, I can make it through. I can, I can do what's tough as long as I have a vision of where I'm going and I hold on to that. Because it's much easier for my vision to pull me forward than it is for my fears to push me. You know, I, I can help anybody up a really steep hill, but I can't push them very far. And it's the same thing with my dreams. If I can focus on what I want, because I knew that if we could make it through that year, life would be different. And I am very, very grateful to say my daughter never, ever went hungry. Um, I did. There were a lot of nights I went to bed, not because there wasn't something I wanted to eat, but because there was some, there was nothing to eat in my house. And and I look back on those times and I look at where I'm at now and I'm like, hey, I made it. We did it one step at a time. Hummingbird steps count too. And so just take another step and then measure, monitor and adjust along the way. Jeannie, we've talked about your business and your personal life. Now we're going to go back in time and talk about the time before you were an entrepreneur. What difficulties did you have to overcome when you started your business? Um, mindset. 
absolutely mindset. So I had been a teacher for uh, 16 years, actually 15, 16, I don't remember. It was January 2012, and I got a very large God poke. I got to speak at an event that I had been attending. My husband and I were real estate investors, and um, – People found out that I had attended the class before, and they kept asking me, how much does it cost? How much does it cost? And so every break, I was kind of being accosted, and I finally went up to the gentleman who was leading it, and I said, hey, um, can I have 20 minutes on stage just to kind of talk to everybody? And now knowing the field, I mean, that like never happens, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm standing up on the stage and I'm telling them what we had done, how they were asking the wrong questions. And in that moment, I looked out over the crowd and there was like 250 people in the audience and they were hanging on every word I said. And the very week before, um, I told you I was working at an alternative high and I had had to tell one of my students to take her feet off of another student's face. (laughs) And I realized where I was at, I wasn't teaching out, it was glorified babysitting. And so that was kind of the final God poke that pushed me into it. I also know that I taught for 17 years and I was absolutely instrumental in helping and changing lives. And if you go back before that, I was a personal trainer and I was absolutely influential in helping people change their lives to a better, healthier spot. And if you go back before that, you know, when I was when I was in high school and I was struggling and I was playing basketball and my teacher took me under his wing. My, my parents had gotten divorced. Um, you know, we were going through all kinds of crises and my my basketball coach believed in me. And he's like, I want you on our team. I had, it was my junior year. I'd never played any any type of organized sport. I'd always gone to really, really tiny schools that didn't have that. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm struggling. My parents have just gotten divorced. And my coach comes up to me and says, I want you to try out for the team, a basketball team. And I had never played. And so his belief in me fueled me to a belief in myself. And by my senior year, I was a starting forward on my team when, you know, my JV year as a junior, I had rolled the pine quite a bit because I had no idea. And so if, if you look back to that moment in elementary school when people told me you'll never make it, you're too stupid, I had a decision to make. Now, I didn't know that as a, you know, second, third grader. But I know it now, and that decision that I made was, you don't decide, I decide. And so it doesn't matter where you're at, you're making a decision that is shaping and forming the rest of your life. And so the beautiful thing is, is that a bad decision can be followed by a good decision. So if wherever you're at right now sucks, make a different decision. And if ever you're at right now, you love it and you enjoy it, awesome. Keep making that decision. And so, so you go back to this, this little kid, you know, scared and lost and, and doing the best she can and falling on her face all the time and that tenacity to just get up and go again. Tenacity is a skill. It is developed. It does not have to come naturally. You can develop it. Just like, you know, getting up and having a great day. My son, my youngest is 22 years old. And and the other day he comes to me and he's like, mom, you're always so happy. I just love being around you. And I said, you know what, Max, by 6 a.m. in the morning, you're right. But sometimes at 530 when my alarm goes off, not so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> I said, it's a skill. It's, it's something that I do every day. It's a muscle that you train. And so I look back on my life, you know, and I started off with life happens for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. And so I look at all those instances that I thought were devastating or that I thought were breaking me. And I realized they were making me. They were making me. And I hope that I continue to see my future struggles in the same light. Mm-hmm. Did you have any doubts that delayed you starting your business? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and I, I can look back over the last eight years and still, you know, show delays and go, seriously, am I supposed to do that? I don't know. What am I doing? You know, I just uncovered um, a, de- a delay the other day. My business has grown. It's kind of stayed the same size for a while. And I realized that that was because I was afraid of of the negativity that might come. You see, everybody wants to take the elevator to success, right? Okay, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people want to take the elevator to success. Mm-hmm. They want you know that massive increase in, in paycheck or whatever it is. The problem is, is that there are different problems at the penthouse than there are in the basement. And so if I don't move up one floor at a time, I don't get strong enough to handle the problems at the penthouse level. It's just like going to the gym. I go to the gym and I lift a five-pound weight for a certain amount of time. Then I pick up the eight-pound weight, lift it, then the 10-pound. It's the same thing. You don't walk into the gym and pick up the 50-pound dumbbell and start curling it. It'll break you. It'll crush you. You can't do it. And so if you are currently wanting to go from, say, the basement to the penthouse in one step, I ask you to reevaluate because when you get off that elevator, the problems are going to crush you if you have not prepared yourself for them. And so I'm currently preparing myself for the next level problems. And I think I'm about ready because I can feel, you know, that that little seed sprouting out and and getting ready to blossom. And I I really think my business is about to go to the next level. And I'm as ready as I can be for it. And I also know that there's going to be some struggles that I've got to have that view of this is making me stronger. This is helping me. I can do this. So... I hope I answered your question. <laughs> you answered my question beautifully, very eloquently. And I, as you were saying, as you keep talking, I keep thinking to myself, you've got a, a really great mindset. Where did you get your mindset from to start thinking like this? How did that happen? Well, it, yeah, it started, you know, I told you I watched that movie, Pollyanna. Yeah. And so if you haven't watched that movie, absolutely go watch it. Um, it, it will help you shift your perspective. And then I've had a mentor from day one. When I decided to start this business, I immediately got a mentor because I want to learn faster and quicker and I want to move, fa- you know, I want to move faster. Now I can do it myself, but there's always a learning curve. A mentor helps me shave that min- learning curve off to where it's much smaller. And um, I remember. You know, when I, so I've been divorced twice and I've now been married 17 and a half years. And people ask me all the time, are you guys on your honeymoon? Are you guys newly married? And we're like, no, man, 17 and a half years going strong. Whoop, whoop. 
Mm-hmm. So I had, I, I've had help. I've had mentors. I've had coaches. I surround myself with people that I want to be like. And I'm reading. Oh my gosh, a voracious reader. I read constantly. And and I'm I because of my learning disabilities, I can't just listen to it. And so I'll listen to a book and I'll purchase the book so that I can read it and highlight it and write notes and and go back over and and I attend conferences and classes and and it's something that I work on daily because I know that the stronger my mind is the stronger my body is and the more likely I am to take action and vice versa. I go to the gym and work out because I want my body as strong as possible so that my mind feels strong as well. They are definitely correlated and connected. What mistakes did you make that slowed your journey? (laughs) I don't think we have that much time. How about I pick the top three? (laughs) Okay, give us the top three. Um, The first one was not believing in myself. You know, um, when I first sat down to write my first book, Bullyproofing You, I heard, you know, my, my English teacher's voice in my head, you're too stupid, you can't do this, you know, and I believe when I published that book, and then by the grace of God, it became a bestseller, that she was flipping over in her grave. <laughs> you know, somebody telling her, Jeannie Sisko wrote a book, what, never! So, um, that the, the first one is belief in self. Mm-hmm. And so I constantly remind myself that I'm here for a reason. It doesn't matter how big of a reason. If I can help one person, awesome. It's worth it. And everybody after that is a bonus. And so sometimes I would get caught up in, I want to help a lot of people. Well, no, let's just start with one. And so that was one of my my tripping points when I started. I wanted to grow too fast for me. And so it, you know, you, you would think it would help you grow, but it actually hindered me. Um, another, another mistake or, or a tripping point was, um, uh, it, man, it just keeps coming back to that belief, you know, is my, does my book really, really change lives? I'm sitting here looking at tons of testimonials from thousands of people all over the world saying how it's helped and improved them. And I still have doubt in my mind. Right. And then um, about two, two and a half years ago, our family went through one of the most horrific incidences that I hope nobody ever has to go through. But I know that they have. And um, I used every tool that I teach and it got us through. It got us through a little bit clunky in places and with grace and ease in other places and without those tools and those that mindset and that that ability to adapt and learn and teach and grow i i don't know i definitely know we wouldn't have arrived as quickly as we did on the other side um and i also know that there could have been some huge devastation through that and so now i have absolutely 100% belief in my product so now i have great belief in myself great belief in my product and and now we're just kind of looking how do we go to the next level on social media and so my team is absolutely learning and growing and and you know trying trying to uh 
increase their skills there. But you don't you don't have to, you know, my thought was if if I build the website, if I, you know, write the best-selling book, if I have the perfect social media, people are going to flock to me. That's not true. That that I have found. You know, it takes all of those things and then it also takes that personal one-on-one connection. And so every morning now, I, I have this routine that I go through. And one of the things that I do is I ask the Lord, how do I honor you today? Who do I need to help today? And names come into my mind and I reach out to them and I say, hey, how can I help? And and that is, to me, what's much more important than having the perfect post on social media or the, you know, the perfect podcast or whatever. It's that that one-on-one connection that we have lost in trying to reach the masses sometimes. What are some of the things that you did before you started your business that will be helpful tips to some of the listeners who haven't yet taken the first step on the entrepreneur way? Um, follow your heart mm-hmm. and let your mind know that it's going to be okay. I, I'm, I used to be a total logical thinker, you know, um, what are the steps? What are the processes? What's the system? And now I'm learning that there are a lot of times you just got to follow your heart and, you know, you're not sure what it is. You're not sure where you're headed, but you're taking a step anyways. And and the clearer you can get on on what you want, the more readily those steps will appear. And I have learned along the way that I've got to be very specific on what I want and then, you know, and why I want it. I have this exercise that I take all my clients through called seven levels deep. And you ask yourself why seven different ways as you go through that. And what that does is that gives you legs to your tabletop, your tabletop being your reason or your goal or whatever it is that you want to achieve. And then underneath it, all your reasons are the legs. And if I only have one leg, that tabletop's pretty wobbly. Anybody can knock it off. But if I've got seven, eight, 10, 50 legs, nobody's knocking off that tabletop, my reason. And so many entrepreneurs, when they start, they have an idea and they immediately go to a friend and say, hey, what do you think? And the friend thinks immediately, well, how are they going to do that? There's no way you can do that. And so they voice that. And the entrepreneur says, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And they shut down. No, 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 no. You decide. You pick whatever it is you want to create. And then you get all your reasons underneath that. Then you go to your friend and you say, hey, what do you think? And they say, oh, I don't think it'll work. You say, yeah, but it will. And this is why. And you give them all those reasons. And then they they say back, well, what if this happens? And you say, okay, well, I've got a plan for that. Or you say, well, I can worry about things and they never happen. Or I can focus on what's happening right now because that's all I can deal with is right now. So many times people have a dream and they immediately go to how. How am I going to make this happen? No, 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 no. Why do you want to make it happen? And then why do you want, you know, and just, just go deep with that. Why do you want that? I, I go through this exercise about once a quarter and I just did it the other day. And, and I realized 
that my why is, you know, what I said earlier, I never want someone else to lose their dreams. I never, and you know, the ultimate is the ultimate horror is that suicide, the ultimate end. But just as bad as people giving up on their dreams. Every day I see people stumbling through life, sad, discouraged, depressed. No, no, don't give up on your dreams. We need more people pursuing their dreams. Jeannie, we're now going to jump forward in time and talk about the time from when you became an entrepreneur. Do you think culture is important from the beginning in a business? Um, do you mean the culture that I'm creating in the business or do mm. you mean the culture that the business is growing in? Well, that's an interesting perspective. I was really intended it being the, the culture within the business, but you could talk about both if you like. So we'll just use my business. Okay. And so the culture that I grew my business in is one of hope and belief. You know, if, if, and, and, you know, in my own mind, I plan, I got my, my mind ready. I prepared the soil, so to speak. I planted the seeds and every day I got to weed it. I've got to water it. I've got to get sunshine on it. I've got to nurture that seed. So that culture has got to be there. You as the owner or you as the, the entrepreneur, you as the one creating it, the chokehold of any business is the skills and mindset of the leader. So you've got to work on yours first. Business, anything in life really is 80% mindset and 20% skills. And so if the, the most thing you've got to work on is that the mindset. And then the culture within the business, hire, hire somebody who has your, your values, your morals, and then teach them how to do it. I, I saw a quote a long time ago. Um, if your mission is to uh, climb a tree, would you rather hire a squirrel or train a horse? I was like, wow, that's profound. And, and so I look at that. I want positive, engaging, uplifting people that then learn how to do social media or that then learn how to do podcast and marketing or sales or whatever it is because I cannot teach somebody to be positive. I can influence them, but it's really got to come from within. But they can learn the skills of social media. They can learn the skills of sales. And so the culture inside the business, the mindset of the people that you are hiring is absolutely important. And have them match yours as closely as possible with one exception. You need one person that you can go to that thinks totally different than you that can help you plug the holes. Because they're going to see things totally different than you. And they, they're going to be that negative Nelly that you go to and they're going to say, yeah, well, what happens if this happens? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Let's get a plan in place for that. That doesn't mean listen to them and follow them. So you want to limit your access to them. Don't put them in your business. Just know that you can go to them to bounce ideas off of. And I had a person like that um, uh, when I was a teacher and when I first started thinking about this business before I started, I would go to him and I would say, hey, this is my idea. 
and he would immediately take the opposite view. He just loved to argue. He didn't care what it was about. And in fact, at one point, he said he would talk to his wife. And then um, if he started convincing her to his point of view, he would shift his point of view just so he could keep arguing. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're not going to be married long, are you? <laughs> but he served a really good purpose in my business. And that was he was that negative person that could shine the light on the bad things that then I could say, okay, is that going to affect me or not? Can I live with that? There's always two questions I ask. Can I live with worst case scenario and how do I mitigate the costs of the worst case scenario? And then the other is, is how can I live with the best case scenario? So many entrepreneurs look at worst case only and stop. You've got to look at best case as well. And so both of those need to be there. Those polar opposites need to be there. And then you need to realize that you're going to land somewhere in the middle. And as long as you can live with best case scenario and worst case scenario, do it. Jump in both feet. Make it happen. Knowing what you know now, is there anything that if you'd known it when you started out that would have helped you to shortcut the learning curve? Um, is there anything, I don't know, because each day builds on itself, right? And I truly believe in going one floor at a time. And so I think, I think knowing that would have helped me shortcut it because I wouldn't have fought so Mm -hmm. much, um, fighting that, Oh, when's it going to happen? Oh my gosh, it's got to happen now. Right. That impatience, I call it the microwave mentality. (laughs) I want it now. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think that would have absolutely helped because those moments of frustration and, and confusion and, you know, disbelief absolutely slow your growth. And so where I'm, I'm, I'm relaxed and I'm receiving and I'm thinking, man, I, I can move forward quickly. And so I would say that would be the one thing if I were to go back, um, I would really work on was just being calm and mm-hmm. trusting and, and believing from the beginning. Mm. I understand what you're saying about each day builds on itself, but it's a bit like, I mean, you use the building as a, an example. You could try to get to the top of the building by climbing up the outside of it. But then you could just ask somebody if there's a way to the top of the building. They might tell you about the stairs inside. Right. Absolutely. That is why I've had, I have five mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, I started with one in 2012 when I started developing this business. And um, I usually now keep right around five because each one has their own area of expertise. And I absolutely believe in, in performing my strengths and hiring my weaknesses. And a mentor can absolutely help me shortcut that learning curve. Because they can see things that I can't. Because mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of it. You know, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that's trees just right in front of my face and I can't see it. But a mentor can look at it and go, hey, um, take half a step to the left. Whoa! <laughs> you know, your whole <laughs> world opens up. And so absolutely, I absolutely believe in mentors. Get a mentor. If you are starting, I don't care where you're at in your business journey, get a mentor that can help you because it will shortcut the time and move you forward phenomenally fast. How much does gut feeling influence your decisions in your business? Wow. Um, 
I would say everything. And I, I have learned that the still small voice, the calm that comes right at the beginning after I ask a question, you know, because many times I'll ask a question and boom, I have the answer. And then like a second later, I'm like, well, yeah, but what about, what about, right? And I start questioning it. The more I can tune into that first answer and, and hone in on that and hold that, the quicker I can go because our, our conscious mind can process about four, 40,000, about 4,000 bits of information per second. Our subconscious can process 4 million bits of information per second. So my subconscious can pick on things my conscious mind never ever is aware of. That's where that gut feeling comes from. Your subconscious going, whoa, wait a minute, did you see this? Did you recognize this? And so I've absolutely learned to listen to that gut feeling and um, improve my ability to hear it better and better and better. And so that's so, so important in my opinion. What makes you uncomfortable as an entrepreneur? Oh, man. So it's difficult. I, I can see my dream clearly. But I don't know how to get there. And that makes me uncomfortable because I'm the type of person that likes to see all of the steps and check them off as I go. The problem with being an entrepreneur is that there is not always a checklist. There's an idea, but there's not an exact map. Because even though I've walked the path and I'm helping other people behind me, my map and my journey is not their exact map and journey. And so there's going to be detours and those can be difficult for me. And so that's why it's so important for me to guard my mind, to, to make sure that I'm using my mind to the best of my ability instead of tripping me up. What do you think are some of the secrets to success? I think the number one is belief in whatever it is that you choose to do. Know that it can happen. Know that it's possible. That's the first. And then the second is knowing that it will be worth it. Absolutely worth it. And then the third is knowing that I can do it. So I don't know if you've ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Mel Fisher or not. No, no. Um, Mel Fisher had the belief that there was a Spanish galleon sunk and that he could find it. And he knew that finding it would be worth it. He knew that it would be, you know, millions of dollars. And he believed he could find it. And so he went out and he raised a lot of money and everybody's like, yeah, you can do this. You know, they bought into his certainty. And at the end of that year, he hadn't found anything, not a single thing. And so he had to go raise more money. And then the third year, he had to go raise more money. It took him 16 years of absolutely nothing. And his son was actually killed in a storm at sea. And then in the 17th year, he found half a billion dollars worth of gold bullion on the Spanish galleon. Wow. And so he had this unwavering belief. He knew it was out there, absolutely knew it was out there. He knew that it would be worth it. And he knew that he could absolutely find it. 
the problem that I hang up on sometimes is the, am I going to find it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so that is why I help people, you know, with that mindset. You can do it. There are steps that you can use to make sure that you stay positive and focused and moving forward. I think you've got to, I think you've got to stay, you've obviously got to stay focused on that, that objective, whatever you're trying to achieve or whatever you're trying to, to, to make happen. I mean, as you told me that, I was thinking of Amazon, actually. If you look at Jeff Bezos and Amazon for many, many years, they were losing absolutely shed loads of money. And right. Now look at them. And if he, he, if he hadn't kept at it and if he hadn't kept raising the money to keep, keep that flowing forward, we wouldn't have Amazon any, right now. I mean, some people might say that's a good thing, of course, but I think most people like it. So it, it, it just shows that sticking with it, even through the toughest of times, can sometimes make it happen. The challenge is knowing when to quit sometimes or knowing when to pivot yeah, yeah, I would say pivot. Um, way too many people give up. Mm. Way too many people just quit and settle for where they're at. I always say the road to success is dotted with many tempting parking spaces. Mm-hmm. And so many people get tired and they pull in and they park and they say, oh, this is good enough. My relationship's okay. My job is all right, you know, but I want more than that. I want to go to the next level. And that means you've got to pull out of that parking spot and get moving again. And it starts with belief, belief in self, belief in, you know, what, what you can create, belief that it's worth it and just constant and never ending improvement towards that attainment. And if I, if I do that, I absolutely will reach it. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you go to the grocery store and you get close and the doors just whoosh open. Mm-hmm. But until you hit that sweet spot, there's no whoosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, am I, am I going to smack my face on this window? Am I going to make it? What? And you just keep walking. You just keep going and the doors whoosh open. It's the same with entrepreneurship. You've got to keep walking. You've got to keep moving. Now, if your goal changes, you know, like all of a sudden you have a family and you're like, so like when I was younger, I wanted to be the first female to make reach general. That Mm -hmm. was my goal when I was in the army. Well, then I got married and then I had a kid and I'm like, not so much, Mm -hmm. so much anymore. My goal shifted. So there's a difference between giving up on your goal and stopping and saying, you know what, that's not for me anymore because of who I am now. Now I want this goal. So there's a very distinct difference between those two that I think people get confused at sometimes. Life is made of constant change, whether we like it or not. And many people say that the only constant in life is change. Jeannie, how do you try to keep up with change? It is, things are going to change anyways. So why not use change to the best of my ability? Use it to make things better. Now, I'm just like everyone else. So I'm assuming that I'm like most other people in that when change first comes up, I'm like, no, (laughs) I like it this way. I just got used to this. I also know that if I, everything I want is right outside my comfort zone. The mere fact that I want it means I don't have it. 
And so I've got to change in some way to be able to encompass the things that I want. And so if I remember that change is good, change is moving me forward, change is trying new things, making things better, then that helps me adapt when change happens. What is your favorite book on entrepreneurialism, business, personal development, leadership or motivation? And can you tell us why you have chosen it? I was going to say one book to encompass all of those. (laughs) (laughs) If you can think of it. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you some of my favorite books. Okay. (laughs) Um, Think and grow rich. Uh Absolutely. Think and grow rich. I'm on my fourth time of reading it and I use a different colored highlighter every time I read it. And I'm like, was this in the book the first time I read it? (laughs) Because different parts call to me each time I read it because I'm a different person. Mm -hmm. And so I absolutely love Think and Grow Rich and, of course, the Bible. I spend time in the Bible every day. I use different devotionals. And um, so I've been doing that now for six years. And many of the Bible verses are highlighted. But again, because I'm a different person, I see something different each time I read it. And it's always exactly what I need. Um, Another one is any of Tony Robbins books. I love his books, Unleash the Power Within, Personal Power, um, Money, Master the Game. That one was a really chewy book. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, chewy means that it's really difficult for me to understand. Mm -hmm. I do still have all of my learning disabilities. And so um, I I still struggle through those with reading. And um, so I think think that kind of covers all of the categories, I think. I'm not sure. I was only looking for one of them, but you can do all oh. of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was quite inter- I was quite fascinated by the idea that you could come up with one book that would cover all of them. <laughs> Maybe that has to be written yet. But yeah. Folks, when you have a bu- busy life, listening to audiobooks is a great way to expand your knowledge in the time when you may be doing other things, such as driving or when you are at the gym. We have a special offer for you of a free audiobook of your choosing. To choose your free audiobook, go to www.freeaudiobookoffer.com. As long as you've not already signed up, then you will qualify. Jeannie, are you ready to speculate about the future? Yeah, I am. I'm glad you are. What one thing would you do with your business if you knew that you could not fail? What I'm doing right now, and that is trying to reach more people because I want to help people achieve their dreams. So many people are not. And I hold on to that truth, you know, that we've been talking about the whole time, that it is worth it. It's absolutely possible and I can do it. And so when I sit in my office sometimes and I try different things on social media or I try a different email or whatever, my podcast, and a few people respond, sometimes it's easy for me to get discouraged. And then I remember, wait a minute. It's all about that one person. Mm-hmm. If I can help just one more person, it's worth it. And that is what keeps me moving forward. And so my future 
looks bright because not only am I helping people, but a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers, you are also helping people. And as we join hands and shine our light, the world gets better. That's the future that I see. What skill, if you were excellent at it, would help you the most to double your business? Hmm. I think social media, I think that's where I, I lack the most. Um, I need to, I've tried to hire some people and I'm not sure they understand it either. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've struggled. And so, um, um, I think, I think I would do better at social media. If, if I could do better at social media, I think my business would do better. How can you hire better people to do it or hire the right people rather? Yeah. So one thing that I have learned over the last year is that I do not hire anyone without talking to the people they have worked with. Mm. And the reason is, is that, you know, the last person I hired to help me with social media, I paid her $12,000. And at the end of that had nothing really to show for it. Now she gave me tremendous recommendations. I was like, awesome. And I said, can I talk to these people? Mm-hmm. And she said, no, that's client privilege, you know, it's whatever. And I said, okay, I trusted that. I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. If, if I talk to somebody and I say, hey, can I talk to some of your references? And they say, oh, no, we don't give our clients names out. Then I say, thank you, next. I just move on. I think that's one of the most important things that I've learned so far. And I've also asked all of my clients, if somebody wants to talk to you, are you okay with that? They're like, absolutely, absolutely. Give them my phone number, give them my email. I will let them know what working with you is like. And so I think that's been the biggest upgrade, so to speak, in our business. And because of that, we're still looking for a social media person mm-hmm. and um, because, because nobody wants to give out their name so far. Now, I have talked to a few that are just superb in their game. And they're like, yeah, I'd give you references. I'd let you talk to people. And she said, but I'm not taking new clients because I'm full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So that was kind of a long answer. Yeah. So is there some way, I'm just just thinking about that. So is there some way that you could have perhaps measured the performance of the person who was doing that for you when they were doing your social media stuff? Was there some kind of objective you were trying to reach or some measurable thing that could have been a, a, a flag for you that may have indicated that this person wasn't hitting the level that you wanted to hit? Yeah, I think if I would have asked more questions. Yeah you know, more questions, but because I wasn't sure what it entailed and I wasn't totally clear on what I wanted my social media to do. I just knew I wanted to reach more people Mm. and, and, um, and I wasn't sure, you know, so, so now I'm more educated as well. And so I can ask better questions And, you know, they always say, if you want a better answer, ask a better question. Mm. And so I have gone to um, 
I have a, a friend, she's my writing coach actually. And she has a lady who does her social media that I've tried to hire many times. <laughs> she's like, Nope, I'm still full genie. Mm-hmm. And um, so I asked her questions. What do I need to ask when I'm interviewing somebody for social media? And she gave me some, just some incredible answers that, you know, you look for, for, um, where, you know, how do they run your ads to bring numbers in? Um, ask them, you know, to talk to people. She said, if they won't let you talk to their clients, there's something wrong. And I said, okay, that's absolutely what I feel as well. And so I think that was just really good advice and has really helped me. And I just, I know that I'm going to find the perfect person. I know that it's out there. (laughs) I believe it. And I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for that person. You know, I'm actively looking for them as well. And I I just know it'll happen. And when it does, um, we're going to be able to reach many more people. And I I really want to do that. Mm -hmm. I think knowing what questions to ask, maybe having some more understanding of what you're trying to achieve, it'll make the difference between you maybe abdicating the responsibility to somebody and actually delegating it to somebody. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful delineation between that. You know, there's a difference between navigating and and delegating. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. In five years from now, if a well-known business publication was publishing an article on your business after talking to your customers and suppliers, what would you like it to say? I would like it to say that Genie Cisco Meth has helped millions of people all around the world tame the bully between their ears so that they could achieve the life that they've been dreaming of. We have loved, you know, speaking to her clients. They love working with her. Uh, She's inspirational. She's fun. And she's very knowledgeable. That's what I hope they would say. And, and I love, I love giving back. And so I'd love to see, you know, I have, I have these dreams of, of different charities. I was a part of an organization that raised $1.3 million for Underground Railroad. That feels so good, mm-hmm. so good. And, you know, I, I, I hope to continue to do that. Another charity that I absolutely love is Make-A-Wish. I had cancer when I was younger, and so I donate to Make-A-Wish and St. Jude's as well. And, um, and so I look forward to the day where I can give large sums of money to them instead of a few thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. I want to give like a hundred thousand dollars. And, and so that's, that's what I hope people say that I've achieved those and I've done that. I'm looking forward to it. Jeannie, it's now time for three golden nuggets. What is your favorite quote and how have you applied it? So I absolutely love quotes and I have a book of them and I have them all over my walls. And so I'm going to give you my favorite quote that I'm currently holding dear. And it comes from Tony Robbins. And he says, do good in your business so you can do good in your life. That's the one that's driving me right now. Do you have any favorite online resources you can share with us that would be useful to other entrepreneurs? I love Google. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and I know that people are going, well, duh, everybody knows that. I'm like, no, but so um, I'm kind of old school. I'm 53 years old and I'm, I'm, you know, I'd ask my kids, hey, what? And they're like, mom, Google it. Mm-hmm. Mom, Google it. And they're constantly telling me, mom, Google it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just, I use it. I'm like, hey. So like the other day, um, I'm working on my green thumb. And a long story, but I'm, I'm not going to go into that. Just know that I'm working on growing plants. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I'm like, you know, I want to grow a pineapple tree. And so I got some pineapple seeds and I planted them. And it was like a month and a half later. And I'm like, why aren't these things growing? What's the deal? And I'm like, oh, Google it. And so I grab my phone and I'm like, how long does it take for pineapple seeds to germinate? Six months. Really? Six months. Yeah, I wow. didn't know that. And I'm like, oh, well, all righty then. We're only two months into it. We're okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so knowing, and I mean, there's a whole metaphor in there too, right? Mm. All metaphor. So knowing that it would take six months before I saw something green sprouting up above the ground, it gave me hope to keep moving. And so now to spin it into a teaching moment, because that's what I love. I love to teach. If you're an entrepreneur, which I'm sure you are because you're listening to this, you don't know the germination period. You don't know if it's six weeks, six months, six years, or 16 years. I guarantee you, if you keep moving forward, you will achieve what you want. And that's what's important. Keep moving forward. Find ways to keep the faith. Find ways to keep your positive mindset. Because whatever it is that you're creating, the world needs desperately. So have faith and keep moving forward. What is your best advice to other entrepreneurs? Keep moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) I think think that's what it is. Sometimes it's discouraging because you're not sure if what you're doing is working. You know, just like we were talking about the pineapple or just like bamboo. Bamboo is even different. It's five years. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Five years before you see anything. And then all of a sudden it grows, if I remember right, like 90 feet in a month or two. But it's growing roots. And so know that whatever you're feeding your mind is where you're going. So if you're feeding it junk, stop. Pick up a good book. Listen to things. I mean, he gave you a phenomenal offer. Go get a free audio book that you can listen to when you don't, you know, you're like, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have time. Yeah, you do. You're driving in the car. You're working out. You're cleaning the house. You're doing the dishes, ironing, laundry, whatever, you know, listen to to books that uplift and encourage you. Make things make things that that help stretch you and try again. So often we think that I should be able to just do it right the first time because I'm an adult. No, no, you can't. Just like when you were a little kid trying to learn how to walk, you fell down. Mm-hmm. And you didn't look at your kids. Oh, oh sorry, <laughs> you're just gonna crawl the rest of your life. You've tried <laughs> this like twenty times. You just you're a crawler. No, you can, you can, oh, honey, you can do it. You can do it. Do the same for yourself. Encourage yourself. Praise yourself. I'm going to try again. Here I go again. I got this. Absolutely. Celebrate. 
folks. If you didn't manage to get a note of Jeannie's favourite resource or her favourite books, you can find the links on Jeannie's show notes page. Just go to theentrepreneurway.com and search for Jeannie or Jeannie Cisco Meth in the search box. Jeannie, is there anything else you would like to add about your business? I just want to say I want to help you wherever you're at, whoever's listening to this, you know, I want to help because you are needed in this time and space. And I want to help you get your message out to people. So reach out to me. And as a special offer, um, let me know that you listen to the entrepreneur way and I'll give you a 30 minute free session. Well, thank you for that, Jeannie. And Jeannie, thank you for coming on the show today and telling us about your journey and how you've got to this point on that journey. As you've talked about it, you've shared some of your experiences with us. You've shared some of your thoughts about what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. You've given us some good tips and you've also told us about your business as well and how you help people. So thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I've absolutely loved my time with you. Thank you. Jeannie, you are very welcome. And we've loved having you having you here as well. So thank you for that. Folks, you have been listening to Neil Ball chatting with Jeannie Cisco meth on The Entrepreneur Way. If you have enjoyed the show, please share it on social media and subscribe to our email on The Entrepreneur Way website. Also, Please add your comments on Jeannie's show notes page on the Entrepreneur Way website at www.theentrepreneurway.com and search for Jeannie Cisco Meth in the search box. Thank you for listening. And until the next episode tomorrow, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Entrepreneur Way. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at Neil D. Ball.